0: What's up, guys? Today on the podcast, we've got our friend Neil Lesher all the way from New York. Um, so Neil reached out to us because he saw us on YouTube, actually, on our YouTube channel there. So we were delighted to have him on to talk about his new business, his new invention. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it is on myphonequad.com. you got to see this thing. It's amazing. It's uh, basically a... A drone that you attach to your phone, uh, so you don't need to have uh, the selfie stick or anything like that. It's a really cool uh, invention. Uh, he actually brings a 3D model to the podcast as well. So if you want to have a look at that, you can see that on our YouTube channel. But really, really interesting guy. Uh, loved having him on the podcast. Uh, it's great to hear that we're you know we're reaching people over there in New York as well from our little uh, studio here in Greystone. So uh, great to see as well if you guys want to support the podcast as usual we're supported by our by our audible link so this week i'm still getting through um still getting through the lean startup i started that this month um, so a really interesting book if you want to learn more about that or you want to pick a book for yourself um hit the link below uh you'll get a month for free if you don't like it cancel get to keep the book all right without further ado over to the guys in studio Welcome to The Shark Pod, the podcast that explores
1: business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke
2: Curry and Mark Baker.
0: What's up, guys? Today on the podcast, we've got Neil Lesher. Um, he's joining us all the way from New York. Uh, not New York City. He's a little bit outside there. I was about to say NYC, but close enough, closer than me and Mark uh, usually come. How are you doing, Neil?
1: Doing well, doing well. It's good to be with you guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks very much for for reaching out. Um, I know you came across one of our YouTube videos um, and you just kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with the shark pod, which is great. Um, sometimes when, we are, when we're thinking, thinking about the... Um, when we're thinking about... This uh, meeting is being recorded. Sorry, I said turn on the recording for YouTube there. And when we're thinking about the podcast, we forget that it's not just the people in our little <laughs> our little town here in Ireland that are going to be listening to this. Um, so this is kind of uh, coming full circle for us to kind of meet somebody who, who came in to... Our, our world from the shark, uh, shark pod uh, effort that we're putting out there. So it's really cool. Um, so you're very welcome. Um, so Neil is the the owner, founder um, of the uh, Phone Quad product. Uh, Leshtronics Corp uh, is the company. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about the, the product as well as maybe uh, the kind of entrepreneurial story behind uh, Neil and how he got here. We're also going to pick his brain maybe, um, like I said, on on uh america and all doing business there and all that type of stuff um hey neil if you if you have been listening to a few of our uh podcasts you'll know that a lot of the a lot of uh, irish guys who uh we do the fast uh you know the lightning round for questions a lot of the irish guys that we talk to when they say where where would you do business or you know if you could do business anywhere where would it be i mean what do you think mark maybe 90 percent say that it's uh say that it's america
2: yeah, yeah, I think just the market is so big, and we've been watching American television all our lives, Neil. So, um, we're uh, we get to, to see the American dream on TV at least,
1: yeah.
0: So, so, uh, Neil, is it when you're, when you're growing up, is is the entrepreneurship stuff is that kind of in everybody's um, everybody's family, or is that kind of something that's taught, something that's brought up? It seems like it's a, a big part of the culture there, uh, in comparison to Ireland, for example.
1: You know, I, I do believe it is a big part of the culture, especially when you are, you know, born and raised in and around New York City your entire life. Yeah. The pace is incredibly fast. Uh, you know, you're, you're brought up with this concept of, uh, you know, Wall Street and Main Street. Um, and you have to kind of pick the path. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in school and, you know, for me, I was in public school my entire life. And I had a great experience, great group of friends. And I'm in touch with a lot of people that I've grown up with. Um, And it's been very interesting to see and track the path of of, of everybody that I I grew up with. And, you know, I had a lot of friends who grew up in family businesses, right? And some of those family businesses are still around, whether they're manufacturing, distribution, some form of technology, um, service businesses, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, it could be in your DNA. um, And I definitely think that entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's a battle. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard and read of the, uh, the, the, the uh, challenges of CFIUS, uh, you know, the book where the, the guy's pushing up, uh, you know, a boulder uphill all day long. Okay. And, you know, that's what he's been uh, punished to do. <laughs> but, you know, I think folks that are come from an entrepreneurial background, They are already aware of that challenge, you know, maybe they were surrounded by it by their parents or relatives or, you know, influenced by Teachers that said, listen, you know, you have a specific personality and you should go in this direction Or kids that were really great in math or science um, and, And kind of take those passions and run with it and see what happens whether you Excel in school. You don't excel in school. You know, sometimes I say to myself, if it wasn't for street smarts, I don't know if I'd have any smarts, (laughs) Um, you know, and I look at the world and my atmosphere as my school, as opposed to true uh, scholastics, you know, and and although I took, uh, you know, uh, an in-depth dive into, into scholastics, I think more of my education and my street smarts come from my parents uh, and my background and my grandparents and the struggle that they had when they came you know, to the United States uh, as Holocaust survivors from oh, Eastern wow. Europe. So, you know, I have all different kinds of stories of struggle um, and what education means to a lot of people and what education doesn't mean to a lot of people. So, you know, I, uh, I am I'm a purebred entrepreneur Uh, You know, I've worked for a lot of uh, large global asset management firms for the past 20 years on the, you know, on the data feed side, real-time technology, um, supporting and providing, um, you know, network infrastructure to investment bankers, traders, and research analysts. Um, And I can tell you, although I'm passionate about what I do and I really enjoy it, um, you know, I, at every opportunity... And every idea that I've come up with and I have failed multiple times, um, I can thank my failures for future successes. So, you know, that's my mindset. That's my strategy. Um, you know, I'm the guy that uh, the cockroach in a nuclear winter, I will survive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this. I love this attitude because, you know, where I think Mark and I, I know sometimes uh, one of our our weekly listeners uh, will, will let me know if I'm being too harsh on Ireland. I love Ireland. It's my, I've got the, the flag behind me and everything like that. And I think we're getting better at that type of, um, that type of attitude where, you know, we're going to, you know, try, have swing the bat as much as we can. If we strike out, we strike out, but it's not the end of the world. And I think because we've never been like this, is the, this is the first time that we've been a, um, a, a kind of an immigrant country where people came, are coming to Ireland for opportunity before, we went well, you know, we went to New York for uh, for opportunity generally, uh, but now people are coming in here and I see uh, those people with that kind of immigrant mentality starting stuff, trying to kind of hustle and all that, uh, all that type of stuff. And I think it's rubbing off on people as well. We're talking to you know, a lot of maybe younger people than us on the uh, podcast as well. And there's so many people out there trying to you know, you know, start something, like you said, following their passion, all that type of stuff, which is fabulous. Um, so. It, let's let's talk about the the product that you're that you're running right now, uh, and kind of dig into that, and then we can kind of take it from there. the The kind of tagline that I, that I kind of stuck with me is it's uh, like a, a selfie stick without the stick. So it's basically a uh, a, a kind of drone for your phone. Uh, there's all these little catchphrases already, which I really like. <laughs> um, yeah. So, where did the where did the idea come from uh, to launch this? And maybe, if you wouldn't mind, kind of explaining for the people who haven't come across it yet, uh, what's it all about?
1: Sure. So, you know, basically, uh, a little background, though. You know,
2: yeah.
1: b- before we actually just jump into the product itself.
2: Um,
1: I, I mean, I was one of those kids that came holiday time, and we we got some toys. I wasn't the kid that really played with the toys. I I actually had to take them apart, right? That was my passion. It's a, I think the end, the thinking of an engineer without really kind of being an engineer. And I think all kids have that. A lot of kids have that kind of curiosity is why do the the lights work? Why do the sounds work? How does this move? Um, You know, and I am a kid of the seventies and I grew up in the seventies and the uh, eighties and we got toys and they were nowhere near advanced as technology is today where things are less physical and more digital and everything is online um, and, and kids are losing their ability to, you know, use a pen or a pencil, right? And and yeah. all we're doing is typing. So, you know, to kind of backtrack a little bit, I would, you know, get a toy and I would take it apart. And I would need to understand the engineering of it. And I was always addicted to things that fly, any type of what I call elliptical application or any type of a, a helicopter, radio controlled, you know, Planes and helicopters and things of that nature. Um, 1982, 83, around there, uh, I remember holiday season, my brother got a toy car, toy plastic race car. And I had a radio-controlled helicopter. And I actually uh, I melted a hole in the roof of his race car. And I installed the rotor and motor and blades from my helicopter. And I kind of made his car hover off the ground oh, for gosh. about 15 minutes. And that kind of is what put me into this mode of, you know, I need to create, I need to build things. I want to, you know, uh, bring the awe factor to other people. And not just that, but prove to myself that I have the you know ability to break something and put it back together using interchangeable parts and circuitry and circuit boards. And, you know, as I got older, I learned the concepts of, you know, power distribution um, from a power source to things that consume that power. Right. Yeah. So, you know, speeding up to, you know, the phone quad uh, about a year and a half ago, my dad developed arthritis. He's 83 years old and he has he has an iPhone. um, And one of his favorite things to do is he likes to FaceTime with my kids you know, my parents live uh, in, in Florida um, and we're in New York. And so my dad picks up his phone and his hands are shaking and they're kind of out of shape. And, you know, he, he's frustrated with, he can't really handle his phone any longer. So, you know, I'm staring at him trying to figure out how I can help him. And he's taking his phone and he's kind of leaning it up against a pile of books and he's dialing the number with his knuckle. Um, and, and he just, he's getting frustrated. And I'm thinking to myself, there's, hundreds of millions of people globally, who are, you know, suffering from the same type of issue, whether it's arthritis, uh, Parkinson's disease, um, neurological issues that just inhibit you from handling everyday items. So, you know, I kind of took my passion for UAV, you know, unmanned aerial vehicle drone technology. I'm thinking to myself, you know, how can I cross that you know, that technology, UAV drone technology with a smartphone or smart device um, or tablets, uh, you know, the iPad and and things of that nature. And so I literally took pen to paper um, and I I started, you know, drawing what I was envisioning. Um, And I started to draw a hovering smartphone case. It's a case that actually allows you to lock your iPhone or your Samsung Android phone uh, into it, and basically open up the flaps, and it's at full power, and you can let go of it, and now you actually have a hovering smartphone, so you have hands-free communication using your smart device. Um, and you know, I kind of took that to the next level because I was so, you know, excited about it and felt you know these intense feelings of okay, now I just created this theoretical platform. I need the physical aspect of it. And so I hooked up with graphic designers and engineers. Um, you know, I'm obviously on the technology side of, of investment banking, but, you know, those relationships link you to so many other sectors within technology and graphic design and, and you know, hard tech um, and things of that nature. So what's really cool is I'd like to show you the, the 3D oh my printed God. model that I have of Phone Quad. So, it's basically this is cool. an iPhone inside of Phone Quad. Oh my God, it's so way it, oh,
0: smaller than I thought it would be as well. It's really kind of neat. So,
1: yeah. So, it's basically your iPhone or your Android inside of a hovering smartphone case. So, as you can see, the iPhone is locked into what I call an airframe, and the airframe actually slides open. Um, the f- drone and the phone. Are independent of each other. They each have their own power source. So you know we're yeah. all, you know we're all thirsty for extra battery power in our phone. We're concerned that our phone is going to be drained of yeah. our battery, and we have to plug it and recharge it, things of that nature. So one of the things I wanted to make sure is that the two systems are independent of one another. So the drone itself has its own power source, uh, and obviously the phone has its own battery. So what we've done also is we started writing some proprietary software because we were thinking, okay, so the phone is going to be hovering and I can walk away 10 feet, but how am I going to control it, right? What, How am I going to use voice commands and things of that nature? Yeah. So we're writing software to use our AirPods, so you can use Bluetooth um, for voice commands. So basically I can let go of this, you know, if I'm – in an incredibly beautiful place in Ireland, the Cliffs of Moher or the Blarney Stone or any of these amazing, beautiful places in your country. Or if I'm at the Statue of Liberty in New York or from the Eiffel Tower in Paris and I'm with my family, uh, I don't have a selfie stick and I don't want to ask a stranger to hold my phone, um, but I have my phone quad, right? I now have the ability to set up that perfect picture and video of something special that I want to capture. And I can tell you a frustrating thing that we've all experienced is, you know, when you want to take a family picture, you're not in the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's got to hold yeah. that phone. Somebody's got to hold the camera. No longer the issue. And when you're using a selfie stick, you know, your arm is extended, your arm is tired. The selfie sticks a lot of times is in that photograph itself. Um, yeah. and, and now you have the ability.
0: Smaller than I thought, so you could fit that in your in your pocket if you, if you needed to, or like a lady's handbag, anything like that, backpack stuff like that. So where where's the where's the all of the the kind of machinery and stuff it's actually in the the box part of it. Everything you need.
1: Yeah. So basically what we're looking at right now is the exoskeleton right of PhoneQuad. quad. Yeah. Um and what I've done is just as this we you know this is a 3D model. Yeah. So you know, within this area you will have a what's called we call a poly poly lipo battery which packs a really strong punch for drones. Um, And and so you have a power source, you have circuits and circuitry, and then you have what consumes that power is your motors and your rotors, right? So we have two on each side, which provide for stability. So the idea is, is when you're inside or you're outside, what's incredibly important for any elliptical application or obviously drone application is uh, it needs to be stable and steady, right? Uh, and so, what we've thought of is, you know, we have to have a certain amount of power to weight. So you have to have a certain amount of punch to be able to make a certain amount of weight hover for a specific period of time. So what we've done is, we have a very strong poly lipo battery. We have what's called a, a PDB board in in drone world. That's power distribution. So you know the current the power current from the poly lipo battery travels through circuitry through a power distribution board which evenly distributes power to the four motors and rotors so providing stability so one motor or rotor doesn't overpower the other three and it doesn't start to become wow. the wobbly goblin right yeah. it holds stable and steady in one spot you know, and it's so, and so one of the other things that we thought of and I think is really important for, you know, future consumers to know is, you know, if you're outside and it's windy, uh, what we're building into functionality is, you know, wind resistance functions. So if I'm sitting there and I'm taking pictures picture of, of my kids or my son's on the soccer field, excuse me, football, yeah. um, you know, he's he's playing football with his buddies and he's on a team. Um, and, and, you know, instead of me holding my phone or holding a selfie stick, I can actually, you know, face the phone quad at the field uh, and sit down and take my time and, and, and record for a little while um, and take pics and videos and, and stuff like that. But if the wind blows phone quad off course for, you know, a little bit, three mile per hour wind, five mile per hour wind phone quad will know its original position and self-adjust. So there's a lot of physical functionality as well as software functionality that we, we have in mind. And, you know, some of the other things that I'm really excited about and and, and to me, one of the most powerful things about it is, you know, my original use case, hands-free functions, Mm. Um, hands-free, really communication. So if I'm at home or if I'm outside and my phone rings, Uh, You know, I can open up and, or I say deploy phone quad, and it'll just hover steady and stable in front of you, you know, so you can have a hands-free phone conversation. Uh, And and people have said to me, you know, what about noise? You know, drones throw off a lot of noise. So, you know, we've taken into account, you know, noise reduction controls, uh, and and that's part of our, or I should say my, you know, patent protection, it's not just, you know, the utility functions and design functions that we're trying to protect, but, you know, functions that we're going to be using in future models. So there's a, a lot of things that we're thinking about where it's not just Gen 1, but we have a lot of functionality that we're going to be implementing for Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 4, and so on. Right. So the goal is, is, you know, how do you turn a product into a company? And that's always, you know, a significant barrier to entry for a lot of folks where, you have this one-hit wonder and that's not my goal you know okay. i have a, a really good laundry list of you know how we pack a lot of really cool fun stuff into a, a really good unique product and make it you know lasting for years to come
0: it seems like there's so much thought that it would have to go into this to make this function well right there's like, like you're saying the the wind uh you know interference uh sound all that type of stuff at this stage uh, like, h- How far away are we from, from seeing this uh, as a product, as something that people can go buy? Is it, are we still kind of in the development stage, would you say, with this? Or?
1: So the biggest hurdle, the biggest challenge I have right now, I think, with a lot of startups in any sector is economics. Sure. right so I am in the you know fundraising stage where I've been speaking to angel investors and venture capital folks um, and, and things of that nature and you know I'm very very early for a lot of people to want to you know back this economically. Yep. What's interesting is that I have an incredible team of aerospace engineers that I have a great relationship with and they have my specs, my blueprints, you know, okay. uh, every stage of development is incredibly realistic from an engineering and physics perspective. Um, so I know it can be built. Uh, and the one thing that is a, a significant challenge right now is is funding the next stage. Yeah.
0: So you know, product
1: Especially- development is uh, is the issue, um, yeah. and and the real issue is is the economics behind it. So I can build a prototype. I can have a prototype ready to go, ready for manufacture in six months if we had the right partner, uh, not just economics, but the right strategic partner to help with, you know, manufacturing, logistics, branding, distribution, all those fun details. Nice.
0: And what's what's the climate like right now with the COVID stuff? Is that kind of holding people back from getting funding around New York? Like, is New York a good climate? Can kind I of generally, it's for 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 new companies? I know it's in our mind from looking from Ireland. It, it seems like you know finance and all that type of stuff uh, has that covered. But is these kind of startups, product uh, like hardware startups, stuff like that? Is there a lot of that going on in uh, in, in New York? And is COVID uh, kind of slowing things down from an investment point of view? Do you think?
1: I do. I do. I think COVID has put a a damper on. The way people are working, um, the way people are thinking—you know—all the real pipeline of plans that mm-hmm. folks had. Whether you are a very well-established business, or you're a startup, or you are a startup that is incredibly well-funded, or a startup like myself that's incredibly well-bootstrapped—you yeah. um, know—I can tell you, though, my personal theory that I feel a lot of other entrepreneurs share is that good ideas. Don't wait. Right. So whatever's going on in the world, whatever the climate might be from a pandemic to political to geopolitical to whatever, you know, interesting things may slow the Earth's rotation and make it wobbly on its axis. uh, You know, we don't wait. So, you know, my strategy, my plan is I move forward no matter what. Um, And and if the building is shaking, obviously you need to get out. But I am a true believer in root cause analysis. Do not just fix what's broken, but find out why it broke and keep going. So, you know, that's my thought process. That's, you know, what drives me Um, and, and COVID or not. I mean, we are in a an incredibly bizarre atmosphere right now. You know, I work from home. My work, my wife works from home. My kids are, you know, it's a hybrid scenario with, with my kids. My son is 15. He's in 10th grade. My, my daughter is 12 and she's in seventh grade. Okay. Um, and they're online all day, every day. And, and, you know, e-learning and we are e-working um, and I am uh, e-networking. So, you That's- know, we try to do everything we can to use, you know, every resource available to us to advance the situation for the good of the project and for, you know, the health of the community. Um, and, and try to figure out how we can prevail against, you know, specific and obvious odds that are, you know, trying to trying to push us down.
0: I think Neil I think you really nailed something there. The e networking. It is. It is difficult. It's not. It's not the same thing. Um, you know, seeing people on screen versus getting things done. Otherwise, I notice that in my own work, um, because I'm kind of, uh, you know, on a, on a one man team in in my office. Um, <laughs> like getting things done used to be a lot easier when I can go over to people in the office and kind of ask for a favor, one of my friends and stuff like that. Now it's kind of go through all the processes of everything. Everything's a little bit more you know process oriented it's not the same as kind of just going over and asking someone face-to-face or if there's some sort of dispute or something you can just go over and sort it out everything is very process driven now um so the e-networking is a is, uh, is an interesting thing and i think stuff like this stuff like podcast, stuff like uh linkedin is great but it's not going to be the the same thing as if we were uh you know in time in <laughs> Times square there with you uh having a chat you know it's gonna be a bit different um okay interesting so um the from a from a next steps point of view you're going to get, try to get investment we some of the people that we talked to uh, lately on the on the podcast have been more software startups stuff like that but they've been going into like accelerators and stuff like that is there any uh options in new york for that type of thing for hardware have you ever come across is there do they do that there am i you know?
1: yeah so you know i have i've spoken to you know I'm kind of relentless in my pursuit of the, of the goal. Um, And and there are, you know, there's the ultimate goal and there are plateaus to get to that goal. So, you know, one of the plateaus is, you know, how do you create a relationship um, with either angel investors, venture capital, or, you know, hardware accelerators Mm -hmm. that see and realize the potential of a platform. um, And, and, and it's basically, the epitome of a global platform because you know not to not to go i don't want to go off on too much of a tangent Mm. um but you know there i've created something that is not focused on one specific demographic where all the very large global drone manufacturers have already you know saturated the X Games and Outdoors Enthusiast demographic with their products. And and a lot of those drone manufacturers, they're incredible. They're multi-billion dollar international organizations that have been able to go from the consumer sector and pivot into commercial applications. So what I think they've missed and the niche that I'm in is I'm not selling into the X Games and Outdoors Enthusiast demographic. I'm selling into the global smartphone user community. Yeah. Which, as we know, is an incredibly healthy, massive global sector of electronics, consumer electronics. Um, but to kind of get back to hardware accelerators, you know I've spoken to hacks, uh, SOSV um, hardware club, uh, and a lot of the very big uh, organizations that are out there that believe in um, you know the intersection of hardware and software, and cool. why it's incredibly important to, you know support these type of platforms because, we're really changing the world, uh, and, and that's the only way to make a significant difference on a global basis is to do something that makes sense for everyone. Um, and 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 I believe strongly that's what I've done is I created a platform that I can put in anybody's hands yeah. because you know I'm not swaying specifically towards Apple uh, or Android. I've created something that is compatible with both, which you know really makes PhoneQuad Quad the epitome of of a global product um, so the hurdle again with hardware accelerators is they want to already see a prototype okay and that is my my hurdle is if I had a prototype I think I would be you know at least a mile or two ahead yeah. of where I am it's kind of chicken you know, the I don't say 50 here. miles or 100 miles but uh, I would be in the next phase of prototyping um, product development and getting that much closer to manufacturing. So, again, you know, the the accelerators want to see some type of working prototype. It's not, they're not looking for perfection. They're not looking for something that's ready to rock, but something where they can put their hands on it, they can dissect it, they can look at the internal workings and the, you know, the, the power in the circuits and circuitry and, you know, physics and engineering and, and all that fun stuff and say, you know, we can take this. From this point forward, and it'll make sense for us to put our you know our love and our support and our economics behind it yeah. and all of our resources um, and and get it out to the masses as quickly as possible in the most efficient and economic way to make a successful platform and, and a company that's got real growth potential.
0: I really like the comparison you made with the kind of X games type of uh, drone kind of market that the, what they've been really focused on. I've got a question for Mark Baker out there in great area now, <laughs> in uh I've again. been very,
2: very quiet sorry I'm taking it all <laughs> in Neil.
0: what's the when's the first time you saw drones like remember like do you remember that 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 kind of impact that had didn't you the first time I saw drones jeez
2: I, I don't know um my, not too long ago, but i actually i actually thought that the idea for this uh I had the idea for the for this pro- for this product probably about five years ago when I was looking I, at. Um, I was looking at YouTubers. You know, they they're constantly going around following themselves with with the camera held, and it's just there's something at that angle. It just doesn't look well, and they're always doing something. else. this product is ideal for for a for a YouTuber, like a professional yeah. YouTuber, yeah. But I, what I was thinking at the time was something that I don't know uses um sat nav or whatever whatever the the word is, but where they could follow you around while you move i was just wondering when when you were talking about i was just wondering is that something you, you've thought of that would be a natural evolution that it's gonna stay this far away from your your face at all times when you're walking and talking that would be how that product like that product to me is just a matter of when not if it's gonna you know it's gonna happen
1: sure you no know, and, and i'm with you and uh you know it's my intention to make it happen believe me yeah. Yeah. um you know so the, the technology you're referring to is called, is, is from a, a layman's term is called follow me, right? It's okay. called follow me technology. And, you know, the very large manufacturers, DJI, Unique, Parrot, 3DR, these are the large global multi-billion dollar organizations that have gotten, you know, significant uh, investments from, you know, Sequoia Capital, Y Combinator, Intel, uh, Google, Facebook, you know, all these types of organizations are very much involved now in, you know, what drones are doing and what they can do moving forward. So, you know, th- there's a company called Skydio, um, and it's a very cool company, very cool platform. Um, it's a bunch of really, really bright guys at MIT, and they have, you know, written some really cool software where they've implemented you know ai artificial intelligence into their platform where you know follow me technology is prevalent in everything that they do so you your face and your physical body become the admin right so the drone scans you and wherever you go and whatever you do it follows you so i can turn that drone on and deploy it and i can get on my mountain bike or i can get on skis And I can fly down that mountain skiing or I can fly through the woods on my mountain bike. And and where the artificial intelligence comes into play is it's not just following you based on the fact that it's scanning your movement, but it's also dealing with another level of functionality called obstacle avoidance, right? So obstacle avoidance allows it not to crash into a tree or a mountain or hit something else. And as it's dealing with that piece of obstacle avoidance functionality, it's learning as it's moving. It's scanning. It's absorbing. It's recording, and it's it's you know keeping that data uh, and sending it back to you, the admin, so you know where you've been, what you've done, elevations, um, longitude, latitude, you know, horizontal and vertical positioning. Uh, all these types of really, really cool stuff. So, you know, wow. drones are incredibly advanced, um, and, and you know, they're they're delivering things. You know, Amazon and Walmart are investing heavily in drones right now. The military, uh, global military, have uh, you know poured a lot of money into drone technology, into you know reconnaissance missions and you know gathering data and military applications and uh, and missions and things of that. So. You know the future of drones is, you know, is very very significant in global society. It's uh, it's really not a fad. It's mm-hmm. something that's here to stay. Um, and, and, and again, healthcare I think is going to benefit from you know drone technology in a big way. And I'll give you a real quick example. Um, let's just say there's an elderly gentleman walking down the street and he has chest pains you know, his his pacemaker is going to send a signal to his, his smartphone, and his smartphone is going to send the signal to a drone-bulance that is perched on top of a building, right, that is going to be able to hover down, pick him up, and take him to a hospital, as opposed to, I live in New York City, uh, and we have nothing but love and respect for our first responders, our, our police, and our firefighters, and our ambulance drivers, and doctors, and nurses. They are an incredible group of people, but when you live on an island that's packed with 10 million people, yeah. it's very difficult for you know an ambulance or, or police first responders and firefighters to get to an emergency in a timely fashion because of the dense population. So, if you have a drone ambulance sitting on top of a building that was electronically notified that somebody's having a coronary event, and it can get to you in a minute as opposed to 20 minutes it's going to save lives. It's like a and superhero. That, it's like yeah,
2: superhero it's, yeah. It's, it's going it's like to happen. As well. There's, there's no doubt.
1: So there's Amazing. going to be, there's going to be a nurse or a doctor or, you know, a, a medical professional sitting in the drone ambulance, and it's going to be hovering ab- around the city or on top of a building. And it's going to get that emergency signal and it's going to pick somebody up and take them to the hospital. This and it's going to save lives.
2: So sense. it's, it's like, going to happen. Mm, it will happen.
0: The, the, this is, it's come so far only, only in the last few years. I mean, the first time I saw a drone, uh, like a, I think it was the first time, um, I'll, I'll tell this quite quick story, I just arrived in, in Canada when I moved, moved there for a few years in Vancouver, and a Cana- a really nice Canadian guy, Leighton Hay, if he's listening to this, shout out Leighton, how's it going? Um, <laughs> he invited me out uh, on his uncle's boat on the weekend, and I didn't really know anybody in Canada, so I said, that sounds, sounds like fun. Um, so I don't know, it, I know you said you hadn't been to Ireland uh, yet, but... Like if on my list, yeah. (laughs) If you go, if you go in someone's kind of boat, I just thought it was going to be like a kind of like a little fishing boat with a little motor. Um, So I arrived with my um, my my swimming trunks wrapped up in a towel and a bag of cans, and I thought that was kind of the type of vibe that we were going. Um, But it was his uncle had like kind of like a yacht. Right. So it was like I didn't really I didn't really fit in with my kind uh, of Dutch girl there but um, they had a, a drone that they were kind of playing with off the off the boat and it was really it was quite big and heavy like or not heavy, but it was like it was kind of clunky, not as kind of sleek as they are now, do you know um, but I remember thinking like I think everyone's gonna have one of these. I thought it was just amazed that we had something that could fly that we could control and it had a really shitty uh, camera on it. Um, but at least it, you take these aerial photos, and I just thought, I thought by now that it would even be a bigger part of people's lives. You know, I was so blown away by it. Um, so maybe, maybe it's something like the economics haven't been there yet, but a lot of these guys are poor, a lot of like Amazon is of our pouring money into it right now, right?
2: In our in Ireland, we have we have a company at kind of at the forefront of drones. Have you heard of Mana, Mana Aero? I have uh, not. Bobby Healy is is the guy who who, who owns the company. They they're in I I think they've started they've started out by delivering takeaway. So there's a there's a takeaway, Thai takeaway called Camille, which is very popular over here. And they've started doing takeaway deliveries using using drones. Oh my god. Which seems like a a safe way to start it, but very, very like I it get apparently it can get to you like in three, four minutes.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, again, Amazon uh, and Walmart, they are already using drones in certain areas to deliver packages. So, you know, at, you know, 7 a.m. in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, I can order something and it'll be delivered, you know, same day. Uh, and, and that is one of the goals of, you know, big e- e-commerce organizations is how do we service our customers? Uh, and so they're just incredibly loyal to us. And I think drones is one of the ways where you can deliver product in the most efficient cost, uh, you know, cost effective way um, to really please a customer, you know, and we've all listened to, uh, to Jeff Bezos and and he says, you know, you have to be customer focused. You have to be customer obsessive is, is the term that he uses Um, and and drones actually allow you to be customer obsessive. Um, And not only that, when somebody walks out of the front door of their home and they see an Amazon or Walmart drone delivering the package that they, you know, purchased 24 hours prior, there's an awe factor that is pretty difficult to get over. So you're going to want to use that service. You're going to want to use that company and you're going to want to use, you know, a a type of medium that allows you to get that gratification that you're looking for instantly. Because when you buy something, you're looking for some gratification, yeah. Um, and 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 that's really what it does. It delivers temporary happiness in the quickest way possible.
2: And there's there's less human contact involved with drones as well. Which is kinda, exactly. And so you know we're living in this business.
1: very interesting time of of COVID. Uh, and if there's less human contact, uh, I, I think people are more apt to accept that technology.
0: Okay. You know. You know, I, I know that you've you've seen some of the the podcasts in the past there, Neil. I, I think it's around this time that we we get into our uh, our rapid fire questions, lightning round. I don't know what what, <laughs> what the equivalent would be at stateside, uh, but Mark kind of has this kind of like a little tradition that we have a little uh, quick uh, quick fire round. I don't know; it doesn't be quick answers, but it just kind of opens things up and we get to know the the real Neil here. Absolutely. Okay. What do you think, I'm, Mark? I'm New,
1: York, I'm, I'm New York City. Don't forget. Yeah, New York City.
0: <laughs> we'll over there. You know, actually, it's, me and my wife went there on our honeymoon. Loved it. Like, the energy, New York. That was so good. I was hoping yeah, to go back. like but, it. It's uh, incredible.
2: We spent know. Christmas in New York uh, a couple of years ago with the kids. Oh, yeah.
1: You, and you went so, to Rockefeller Center. You saw the tree. It's amazing. It, it's amazing. It was
2: snowing and everything. It yeah, becomes it
1: a... It be, it's You know, New York City is, is always a global destination, um, but come how time you know christmas time Mm. it's just an amazing thing how the planet centers on rockefeller center it's 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 just an amazing thing
2: yeah yeah
0: all right fire away there mark
2: okay um okay what apps on your phone do you use the most (sighs) texting (laughs) sms
1: (laughs) not even WhatsApp. (laughs) no i i use sms the most i mean i think that's how i communicate uh with with colleagues with friends with relatives you know it's interesting my parents are 85 years old and they both have iphones uh and we text each other and they text my kids my kids are upstairs i'm downstairs in the basement and my kids will text me so you know i think that's what i use more than anything
2: okay Okay. what's the best business idea you've
0: never acted upon i'd say you had a few in your day
1: so I can tell you that and, and, and I wish I had my folder in front of me. I I could be able to prove it to you and I'll, I'll email it to you post (laughs) post pod. Um, when I was probably 14 or 15 years old, uh, I had this idea where I wanted to take a, a magnifying glass and scale it down to the size of a 50 cent piece, a half dollar. Um, and, and, put some circuitry behind it and that circuitry that was attached to the ocular piece would drill through a hole in the front door of your home. And so you have the ocular piece and wiring through the front door of your house. And on the inside of your home attached to the front door, right, is a TV screen, a little digital TV screen that was probably, you know, three inches by three inches, so when somebody came up to the front of your house, you could actually, you know, see them not by looking through the peephole, but you could see them on the little digital screen. Okay, cool. So as we all know, uh, a gentleman, I, I just forget his name. and I should know his name because he's, uh, he's a super great entrepreneur and an innovator and incredible inventor. Um, you know, he invented the smart the doorbell, Right. Uh, and the video doorbell ring. Oh,
0: okay. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So you can, we can, you can actually look up his episode on shark tank. Um, and, and he invented the video doorbell ring. And so he got on shark tank and all the sharks didn't want to have anything to do with it. They didn't believe in it. They That's didn't crazy. think it was the right platform. They didn't think it would work. They thought it was silly. You know, anybody could walk up to it and break it, uh, uh, you know, vandalize it, do anything you want with it. And he left shark tank with no deal. Um, I believe he was asking for about $750,000 for 10 or 15% equity in the organization. And he walked out with nothing. Uh, about, you know, six months later, a representative of Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, reached out to Jamie. His name is Jamie. I forget his last Simonoff, name. Simonoff, is it? Thank you. Jamie Simonoff So Richard Branson reached out to Jamie Simonoff Offered him a deal. They became partners. Sometime after that, they sold the entire company to Amazon for a billion dollars. And Jamie Siminoff walked away with $300 million. Wow. Wow.
0: And I was going to say, experience. that was your
1: money yeah. now. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> that I'm, don't, I'm yeah. trying, I try not to think about it because I can cry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one know. of the very few things that makes me lose sleep. Yeah. Uh, although I really don't sleep too much anyway, but yeah. uh, that really makes me stay up all night. Okay. So yeah. So that was probably 1984, 1985. Uh, I thought of the electronic video doorbell, which I drew uh, on a piece of paper and put it in a folder and forgot about it until... 2019.
0: Wow.
2: Well, let's, let's not let that happen again. Neil. Yeah. Let,
1: let, Never, let
0: this one kind of go through the, the fingers there.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Next one, which kind of follows on. What time do you get up in the morning and what time do you go to sleep? You say you don't sleep much.
1: <laughs> so I, I, I so it's a problem for me. I actually, uh, I'm somewhat of a night owl. So my kids are sleeping 10 o'clock at night. My wife's asleep 10 o'clock at night. That's when my, creativity kind of kicks in, um, and, and so from midnight till 3, 4 a.m., I'm up, I'm at my computer, I have, you know, uh, I do a lot of graphic design, I do a lot of, you know, I'm not, Mark, the, the, the artist that you are, by any means, <laughs> and I give you tremendous credit, because I've looked at your portfolio of really cool stuff, Thank so, you, uh, you know, uh, I, I give you a lot of credit for all that detail and, and passion that goes into that. Um, you know, so all the ideas that pop into my head, I, I keep a journal next to my bed and I write stuff down um, and and I will literally I'll pass out at, you know, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And then I'm up at, you know, 6.30, 7. And that is most of my week. So I really don't get a lot of sleep. Wow. I just for whatever we're all wired differently. Yeah. Um, and that's just been the norm. I haven't yeah. really slept eight, nine, 10 hours, 20 years.
2: I'm the same, Neil, just not on the same kind of scale maybe, but when the kids go to bed, my kids are younger. They're six and eight. So they go to bed at half, seven, eight o'clock. And then if I'm not kind of watching the telly with my wife, I'll I'll come into here, this room and I'll, I'll paint or I'll be working on something and something creative. You kind of need that peace and quiet to focus. And so that, that happens to be the nighttime for me since, uh, since the kids were born, so um, yeah. that's when I get some of my best work done.
1: Same Whereas way, Luke, Same Luke way. Is
2: tucked up in bed by.
0: <laughs> I like to. Half I, eight, like, I like to wind down. You know, I don't. <laughs> I like to take it easy. I don't like. I I, I kind of have a, we have a rule in my house: no no admin after nine p.m. That's how I like, So anything like that's going to be. I was thinking out. of for Sometimes, October as an
2: October challenge to do like a sleep challenge because I do. Yeah. I do worry about the lack of sleep that I that I, actively don't get. Yeah. Um, maybe so I, for October. Um. You know, trying to get a certain amount of hours of sleep.
0: See, my problem is I wake up really early. So if I don't go to bed at a reasonable hour, it's it gets kind of squeezed. Like for yeah. the other day, I slept for, I slept until like 7.30 or something. That was the latest I'd slept. It was a lion for me and I was, I felt incredible. Uh, you know, <laughs> I felt like great all day, uh, but I, <laughs> I wake up really, really early, kind of toss and turning So I got to try to get, get it in. So, you know, if my wife comes at me with some, some paperwork or something after nine. I'm like, no thanks. It's, it's it's quiet time. I think my mom used to say that. I think I, that because right anyway, doesn't matter. Um, okay, so one more mark, and then we'll uh, we'll get this uh, get this going. Okay, no, uh, there's a couple more. We're, we're, if
2: if you have the time, Neil, sure um, I, do. I do. If you could do business any anywhere in the world, where where would it be?
1: I think I am incredibly lucky to have been uh, born and raised. Uh, in the economic capital of the world. So, you know, there's a tremendous amount of influence that I'm surrounded by, tremendous professionalism, industry, manufacturing, the economic hub of Wall Street, which I've been fortunate to work on, uh, worked on, made great relations at some of the largest asset management firms on the planet. So, you know, I, I undoubtedly have no issue and would love to do business internationally. Uh, you know, anywhere in the world, um, and, and you know, just knowing that there's so much out there, so much uncovered technology and untapped resources, and an incredible, incredible amount of collaboration to still be had. Uh, but just to be blunt, yeah, I'm a New York City guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just,
0: there's just me and Mark have talked about this so many times. You know, there's a couple of Irish companies that sell only to the U.S. So they build software. Their sales teams come in at one, two p.m. in the afternoon, uh, because of the time difference, and they just, they, if if something works, like I said, in New York City. It's probably going to work in Kansas City. It's probably going to work in. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to I didn't want a true step fact. on uh, a true on fact, Frankie's. But, uh... <laughs> you know, to be
1: honest with you, you know, for years I've been reading that Ireland is a major technology hub. Yeah. That there's just this incredible boom of not just startups, but you know, companies and teams and and folks coming out of college, the university that have just uh, just this brilliance behind the platforms that they're creating and developing and, you know, from a software perspective and, and, and cloud technology, um, and SaaS level products. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just amazing what's going on in Ireland. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's an incredible hub to be a part of and, you know, the networking and things that can be done locally has, has got to be, you know, exponentially greater than it's ever been.
0: It's, it's something yeah. that we take for granted. I think, um, like in, I work for HubSpot, which is a like a software company out of Boston. Um, but they, like LinkedIn, Google, Facebook, Airbnb, are in like a one-kilometer walking distance. So you can just, you know, if you wanted to move jobs, it's 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 very fluid. You can go back to the jobs that you had. You know, it's very it's really nice that ecosystem. Once you get in, um, it's getting in that's the that the that's the hard part. But that's another story. Yeah. Uh, who do you think, Mark?
2: Okay, here's one. How much money is enough money?
1: you know I don't think it's a question of enough I think for me you know we have personal goals we have professional goals my ultimate goal is two words that I think are the two words that actually do keep me up and they don't allow me to sleep and those two words are generational wealth Love so those two words. my, my, <laughs> my you know, the scene that drives me is that in a hundred years from now, when my family is sitting at the Thanksgiving table and dinner is over before dessert comes, I want them to get up and walk down that long marble hallway at the estate that I built and walk into the library and look at that oil painting that's on the wall yeah. where, you know, the oil painting that I'm talking about where uh, yeah. I'm standing up and my wife is sitting in a chair. Yeah, exactly. uh, One that I'm yeah. going to do soon. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know, and, and I want my relatives to just take a look at that oil painting yeah. and give me a minute of thanks wow. because I'm the reason their sorry asses are there. <laughs> <laughs> I love and that. Then I want them. And then I want them to go back into the Thanksgiving room and have dessert and forget about me until the following year.
0: I like it. Man, I, I think I think that's a great that's answer. That, I think. Yeah, I think having that, that uh, cause I, we all know that exact painting there. Mark might be able to hook me up with that. I don't know. Like, he, he did that. The Bono one behind me, but uh, maybe he can sort me out from an expert. They have to earn some of that generational wealth. So Mark, what do you think?
2: That's it. Yeah, that's the deal. As soon that's as it, you can yeah. earn that wealth, I'll, uh, I'll paint the, the painting. Yeah. Uh, okay, two more, right? Is it is it who you know, or is it what, you know,
1: it's a combination. It's a combination of both. There's no doubt. Um, You know, when I reach out to venture capital folks, angel investors, people that I want to network with, uh, folks that I know that have expertise in not my specific sector, but in building businesses, you know, they want to know that you have a specific level of expertise in, you know, the, the business that you're building, the product that you're focused on, the platform that you're trying to expand. You know, how else have you networked? You know, I'm building something that moves, that flies, that needs engineering and physics Uh, you know, do you have an engineering background? What's your understanding of physics? What's your understanding of jet propulsion, elliptical applications? You know, if I look at a jet plane and I look at a helicopter, they both fly, but do they really? Does a helicopter fly or does a helicopter hover? If I take a jet engine, it produces thrust. It produces forward thrust only. If I add uh, a formula and I say thrust plus propulsion plus Lift equals flight. Does that also equate to how a helicopter works? No, it doesn't, but does it? Similarly, it does, but not visually. From a physical perspective and engineering and physics, a helicopter has an engine where a blade spins. And it creates lift because of the RPMs involved in what it does, where a jet airplane create creates, you know, forward thrust, propulsion, flaps go down, nose goes up, and a plane has sustained flight for a specific period of time based on a power source. So I can go on to this, you know, crazy tangent of you know all these different things, but my answer is. When somebody speaks to me and they want to know who is Neil, what is he about, what is he working on, I am, you know, fully not just prepared, but excited to show them my experience and what I'm passionate about and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, how I'm going to change the world and how we can collaborate to change the world. And no, I don't need you just to write a check. I need a strategic partner to say, you know something, I like what you've done, but this is what I think. I want to challenge you on what you're saying. I might agree, but you know something? Let's make a right instead of a left. Okay. So I think the collaboration is incredibly important. Okay. Nice.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's here's a question I don't I don't ask everybody, but it's 2020, Neil. Why haven't we got flying cars?
1: It's again, it's just a matter of time. It's just oh. a matter of time. Anyway. I, I can I want to say I guarantee. There are no guarantees in life, but I can tell you right now, there are companies in Europe, there are companies in Asia, there are companies in the United States um, that are working on a variation of what we would call a flying car, where it's a pod where people sit in it and a drone attaches to the roof of that pod and will take you to your destination where there's no brakes, there's no acceleration, there's no steering wheel, there's a computer screen and you're going to plug in coordinates and it's going to take you to your destination. So when we say flying car, we're not talking about combustion, right? We're not talking about anything to do with, you know, real moving parts. We're taking you know an electrical platform, we're adding rotors and motors and, you know, computers and software. Um, And we're putting that together and we're creating this incredible formula where I can plug in where I want to be, when I need to be there, and that's what's going to happen. So when we're done, you guys should Google hovering cars in Asia, Europe, uh, the United States. And I can tell you that in Dubai, the police department in Dubai, they're already using hovercrafts. To you know, chase down cars and do patrols and things of that nature. Cool. Um, there was actually a video of a hovercraft on LinkedIn posted this morning, um, of, of an indoor hovercraft taking off. So it looks like a motorcycle, and instead of having you know wheels, it's uh, built on a platform. And to, there's four quadrants, and each quadrant is a 12-inch blade that spins at many, many thousands of RPMs. And has the enough power to create lift. Uh, and the gentleman that was on that looked like he was probably 150 to 175 pounds. And it was able to carry him for okay. a very specific distance based on its power supply. So it's not an if. It is a when. I can't
0: wait well, to see all this stuff. That's like, I know it's. Luke is about to go down a serious
2: rabbit
1: hole here.
0: Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll leave it for now because I think it's, uh, it's, it's coming. Let's, let's just say that's the that's the takeaway.
1: It's coming. There's no doubt. Okay. Okay. Remember, this technology is going to take us from the Flintstones to the Jetsons. That's the
0: dream. That's what I've been promised. I feel like ripped off so far here. Uh, No, no,
1: no. And it's going to happen, and we are going to be here to see it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're going to be able to be transported from one location to another, right?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: From a, you know being able to break down our molecular structure and being sent into a network where we can be restructured at the IP address of our destination right yeah. but i don't know but from a flying car i do know that okay. will happen
0: i like it all right mark okay. one more and then we've got a very special shark question that we usually end end on that i'll bring it on home with what do you think mark one more what's what's, what's okay what's i was the actually question? just
2: thinking of this i'm going to add this one in actually um just thought of it there is there any one person that's inspired you over the years, um, to do what you do from a maybe from an invention point of view or anything like that one person that's inspired you.
1: So I cannot openly and honestly give credit to one specific person, because it was two people that created me. So I am very, very fortunate and very lucky to have incredible parents, and I think that is the basis to who I am, why I am, and why I am wired the way I am. Uh, you know, my my parents have an incredible work ethic. They had this incredible, you know, open door policy where anything that you want to talk about, anything that's on your mind, anything that's going on, something's troubling you, something is exciting you. You know, what did you invent today, Neil? Uh, You know, mom, what do you think of this? Dad, I got this crazy idea. It's not going to work, but what do you think about it? You know, so that's what I grew up with. And that is what shaped me and formed me and why I have this incredible intrepid, you know, path where, you know, I can step into the casino of life. I can step into, you know, the boxing ring of life um, and not be afraid to fall, not be afraid to run through the fire. Um, and I just although the concept of fear exists, I I keep it so far at bay. It might as well not exist. So I, I have to give that credit to uh, to my mother, and my father. Uh, and thank God they're, they're still around and I still have the ability to speak with them and, you know, they give me a lot of love and support, but I also like to go with them because, you know, they will give me just brutal honesty and that's what I need is, is, is brutal honesty. And that's what helps me, you know, forge forward. Excellent.
0: All right. Louis? And so one more question here, would you prefer a t-shirt or a mug? from the shark shark uh, pod collection
1: i would undoubtedly appreciate a t-shirt okay i am (laughs) extra (laughs) large (laughs) there you go yeah i will wear it proudly gentlemen i can tell you that great well well, proudly we, we
0: look forward from the sidelines here to seeing this 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 take off what do you think, Mark? That's a nice pun there. Anyway, uh, shark puns are always, uh, are always good here. So thank you very much for spending some time with us today. I know it's the middle of the day over there in New York City. Um, so we'll be in touch with the for the teacher all that type of stuff. And we'll let you know when this is out. Thanks very much, Neil. All right, gentlemen. Nice thank you feel. very much for your
1: time. Good to meet with you. Good talk.